0: that movie was a movie discussion podcast i'm one of your hosts matt joined by my co-host michael hey what's
1: up everyone
0: so every podcast we pick a movie to watch then discuss this episode that movie was of the warriors released in 1979
1: <laughs> can you dig it Can you dig it?
0: Can you (laughs) dig it?
1: I love how it was the third time was the charm. Like he said it two times and then the third time he was everyone was like,
0: oh, now I get it. I think I probably can dig it. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know me. You say anything three times and pet me up, you know, I just fall to peer pressure.
0: Oh man! Well, this this was my first time seeing this movie, but obviously it's a uh, a cult classic. I feel like anybody who uh, kind of follows movies knows about the Warriors, at least.
1: Yes, and people, I'm not getting this movie confused with Warriors. Okay, yes. it's not Warriors. It's the Warriors, 1979 gang film. Yep, a lot more okay. uh,
0: leather vests. <laughs> leather vests in this movie.
1: Okay. Besides, like the Farrah Fawcett hair and everything like that, what, that was apparent in like every white guy in this movie. I loved those vests. I did too. <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I kind of want one. Yeah, even the, even the Rogues' vests were like pretty cool. I hate I hated their like cop hats, but um, I the, did you notice that? Um, who was it? Um. He had the sh- the security. He had the sheriff's badge on his. Um, oh, what on the his- rogues did? Yeah, yeah. Who was the main rogue man? Luther. I can't. Luther. I dude. They're so. You know, the-, the hardest part about this film for me, guys, and do- just doing a little bit spoiler because there's a lot of characters in this film. Like me and Matt. Apparently, we like movies that have a lot of characters, but <laughs> yeah, we uh- don't make
0: it easy on ourselves.
1: Yeah, we don't. And again, this is another one of those movies where, like, they say maybe the characters' names once and then you gotta let and then that's it
0: yeah i'm one of those people who uses subtitles on the movies and so at the very least it usually shows character names who's talking and then what it says so uh, yeah you know that that's how i can keep up sometimes
1: yeah well just back to uh, back to the vest man because again beautiful beautiful looking vests but luther actually had like a sheriff's badge on his and i point i pointed that out when i was watching i was like that's kind of (laughs) cool like you're a gangster (laughs) with a sheriff's badge on your vest that's pretty tight
0: yeah he was a pretty confused dude so i don't uh (laughs) put it past him to be half gangster (laughs) half cop but um yeah man there i like the design of a lot of the gangs in this movie i guess we'll probably talk about it as we go through the sure. plot, but uh, while I was trying to keep up with the names of all of the different gangs, because that's another one that usually they they either only mention once or you have to gather what the gang's name is just from like the logo on the back of their um uniforms, uh, like so I opened up a website that is official warriorsmovie.co.uk. I guess the Warriors has its own website and uh, on this website, there's about a hundred gangs listed. I didn't see that many in the movies. I'm sure that there's, you know, somebody who probably went frame by frame during the big, uh, you know, kind of opening scene and just wrote down everything they could find. But I think there's really (laughs) only about like five named gangs in this movie, as far as like ones you actually see on screen
1: yeah from either who the warriors run into or like i think cyrus points out a couple in yeah. the very beginning but you don't even see the actual people like you can only go by. you're right you can only go by what the characters say throughout the film or if you're lucky enough to catch a glint, a glimpse of what their logo says on like the back of their best or something like that my
0: personal favorite are the mimes that (laughs) you never see them outside of the uh opening scene you know the warriors don't get chased down by the mimes which would be Fantastic if there was a fight between the warriors and the mimes where they just put them in a box or something like that. But <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like an imaginary box where everyone's like, everyone has to play along. Oh, like, yeah. play along with mimes, like, oh, he, he's got me handcuffed to the chair. Dude, you just, you're just sitting in the chair, stand up.
0: Or they're just using <laughs> an invisible lasso or something like that and <laughs> just capture yeah. them all.
1: Uh, My favorite was the electric eliminators
0: oh who were those electric they had like the
1: yellow. i the only saw them at the very beginning when the crowds were all gathering but they oh, had like okay. this very yellow vibrant jackets with like electricity going through like a skull on the back of their logo and i was like oh, oh. that's a cool that's oh, a cool, that one, man. cool
0: yeah i mean honestly uh there's some great halloween costumes <laughs> in this movie oh,
1: if anybody's God, dude, looking for Yeah, you're reading my mind, man. Like any so many good costumes, man. That you're absolutely right. I think you'd all have to DIY it though. You'd have to do it yourself. I don't know how many of these costumes would actually be available if you went on Amazon or something like that. Not like I've checked, but you know, just saying.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think so. Some of these would be pretty easy to put together, though. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a uh, something to keep in the back pocket if you can't think of anything else to wear. <laughs> but um, <laughs> all right, let's get on to our usual kind of, uh, you know, the flow of the podcast. Let's before we kind of get into the plot of the movie, we'll talk about who the writer director was. And on this movie, it's actually based on a novel. Of the same name, um, by an author named uh, Saul um this Yeah, came out in 1965, and the movie came out in 1979. Um, so you know a little bit of separation there over a decade.
1: Yeah, but good on him to get it actually produced and turned into. I mean, uh, well, not him. You know, the director Walter mm-hmm. Hill actually taking it and adapting into a film. But uh, great things about this, and I knew instantly from just watching it again i didn't have any context coming into this film other than like you know the couple of catchphrases that people have taken from this film but uh i loved the comic to uh, the comic book page turns that they were doing from transitioning from scene to scene like i excellent use of just like i i knew from that point on i that like yeah this had to have come from some sort of story beforehand
0: yeah they do some like screen wipes right to get to the next scene
1: exactly Uh, exactly and yeah so yeah so
0: i yes you're right so this was directed by um a guy named walter hill uh he was also one of the ones who adapted the screenplay along with another uh man named david shaber but um the director was walter hill and i was going through his imdb i mean there's some other um I don't know, notable things that he directed on here. I saw a movie called Brewster's Millions that I haven't seen, but I've heard of. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, it looks like what he's most known for is actually being a producer. And he was a producer on all of the Alien movies in the Alien franchise. I mean, down to the original one from 1979, came out the first same year as the Warriors. But um, so, I mean huge movies and then uh he it looks like he was only a producer on alien you know he didn't have a writer's credit on that but then aliens um you know directed by james cameron uh Mm -hmm. he was not a producer and a uh credited writer on aliens so um i mean that's probably some of his most famous uh work in his career
1: That's kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of the film industry is kind of just like how you're able to, depending on how high you want to go up the ladder, you know, some people want to just be actors and some people just want to be writers, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day though, if you want to, there's tons of ways for you to just dip your toe into different parts of the industry. So, yeah, I mean, this guy is a director, but I, I mean, Jordan Peele nowadays is a director and a producer. Seth Rogen's also, you know, a director and a producer. So yeah, a good it's, point. Uh, just, you know, just throwing it out there. Any of you guys interested in the film industry, you know, don't narrow your down, no narrow your creativity down to just one, you know, one area, you know, dip your toes in everyone else. Like the Walter Hill did here.
0: Yeah. So, so what kind of familiarity did you have with the warriors before watching this movie? Was this your first time watching it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm right there in the same seat as you. I mean, I've heard, multiple times, numerous amount of times, uh, that this movie needed to be watched, that I needed to see this film. Um, However, it's kind of just so many movies coming out nowadays or what else we think about when we think about movies from the 70s going on into the 80s and stuff like that. I haven't heard anyone in my friend group or from the people I discuss podcasts or movies with or anything like that uh, about the warriors or anyone doing anything about the warriors. It's kind of like falling back into the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the darker recesses of the movie banks and people's minds or whatever. But, uh, I'm happy that we chose this film because I personally enjoyed a lot about it. And of course, coming from context is that I know a lot of, uh, TV shows and other things have taken the, Add up the, the catchphrases, the one-liners from this film, and then throwing it into their shows, like Scrubs. I was talking to Matt earlier about a Scrubs episode that took a line from here, and uh so does like I'm pretty sure Family Guy had something to do with it as well.
0: Oh yeah, they, there's so many references in that show. <laughs> I'd be so more surprised if they hadn't
1: exactly exactly so um i've heard the one-liners i've seen the warriors best i've never just put, sat down and put the time into the movie and it, it's only an hour and 30 minutes so it's really kind of shame on me that i never had this opportunity to see it until now
0: yeah for sure i mean it, it is a it's an easy <laughs> yeah for sure old, what are
1: you doing <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, i mean it's not like
0: i've been doing any better because i haven't seen it either but i mean you know i kind of had to seek out this movie because it wasn't really streaming on anything at the moment and i mean it's one of those movies that i think i i would have watched before if it had ever made it to netflix which i i could be mistaken i don't think it has um you know netflix no, or amazon no. prime or anything
1: yeah um, uh, I believe you need a premium Hulu subscription or like a premium hBO subscription in order to really see it, but yeah you know, that's the thing but don 't run the premium it's one
0: actually, yeah, it's streaming on um, stars right now, uh, you know one of those premium movie channels, and you can you can get like trials to that you know either through the stars website or you know if you just want to add it on to like your hulu account or your amazon account so that's actually how Mm -hmm. i watch it is i just got a like seven day free trial and then canceled it because uh, I don't want to watch <laughs> anything else on Stars. But um, oh,
1: you dirty dog, you work in the work system. In the
0: system, man. I watch their movies and I cancel. I'm out of there. They they never <laughs> even knew I was there. I'm a ninja. They
1: never <laughs> even knew, man. It, it's like stealing. It's like stealing a lollipop from the candy store, man. There's there's thousands of other lollipops for that game. The perfect
0: huh? crime. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I had actually the first time I had ever heard of this movie was. um because of the video game that just really weird rockstar games you know the same uh production or uh, developer that is responsible for the grand theft auto franchise that's what most people would know them for um nowadays but in 2005 uh back when uh playstation 2 and xbox were uh kind of you know the, the dominant consoles at that point uh before the ps3 or xbox 360 came out they, Rockstar made a, the Warriors video game i mean based on the plot of this movie and just mm-hmm. what a like weird franchise to you know a movie that came out in 1979 and then it was a cold classic but i'm not you know i don't think it really like took the world by fire <laughs> and then yeah, in I 2005 did. Sure. you know 20 years later 25 years later you know, to come out with a video game. I think uh, Rockstar used to take a lot more risks. Like I remember, um, you know, now mainly what they do are just Grand Theft Auto games and even Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, it's about to come out on its third console uh, generation. You know, it came out. Yeah, on, it's
1: amazing like, how many people still play that game.
0: And, and then had a re-release mm-hmm. on PlayStation 4. Now it's going to have a re re-release on PlayStation 5. And I remember Rockstar. I mean, they used to come out with video games like uh, Bully. Did you ever play that one or hear that
1: one? Oh, I love that, man, I love that. Yeah. I love that movie. I made a second one. It was so good. But yeah, you're totally right. All these great RPG games, and they kind of have narrowed down their focus to the money makers. Right yeah game they were make. i guess that was like their experimental phase you know it's like when it's like um they, they were they were college kids man they were just experimenting they were seeing what was you know they threw these different games onto the wall and they saw what stuck what? and obviously <laughs> saw that that stuck in a hold it was like rubber cement on these you know the wall that's that's where they put their money, towards, yeah. In my opinion, I, think. I remember
0: they came out with a ping pong game called Rockstar Table Tennis, and uh, I, you know, I think it, I think it sold maybe just under Grand Theft Auto Five, and so it wasn't, you know, <laughs> didn't take the world by storm. Um, <laughs> anyways,
1: let's get back
0: to the Warriors.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking up right now. It looks like they. Uh, Walter had a budget of about $4 million and the box office is showing 22 million. So obviously a success, I think just from like how good the trailer looks mm-hmm. and how good that the, um, the artwork, like that, the movie poster looks, I think the movie poster looks awesome. Um, and i I mean, I'm sure there is, there's gotta be some people that follow soul. Uric's work, the author of the the book, so you know, I'm sure that it did have a good opening night kind of thing, a good movie uh, viewing. But you know, at the same time, I agree with you. There's not much giving to it that says it's a cult classic film, but it kind of, it it falls into that it falls into that realm. Cause it's just been reappraised by the film, you know, the critics out there, it's, it's come back up from the, in the eighties and still is a relevant film with, you know, like you're saying rockstar making a 2005 video game about
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, it definitely, it, it had a much more of a return in the box office than they spent on the budget. So it was a, it was a definite success. Um, but I mean, it's not like it was, uh, released by some sort of, you know, uh, indie distribution label or something. I mean, this is a, uh, Paramount Pictures, uh, film and, um, it actually, it probably would have done even better at the box office other than there was a little bit of a, um, I don't know if scandal is the right word, but a little bit of a controversy when it came out, <laughs> it actually, uh, Probably drew um, maybe not the crowd that uh, Paramount was hoping for because there were some reports of vandalism and violence after this movie came out. And so, (laughs) um, yeah, actually Paramount, uh, they they halted the advertising campaign that they had started for the movie and uh, actually told theater owners that they they didn't have to uh, show the film if they didn't want to, they, they kind of released them from any sort of like obligation that they had. So, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty impressive that they still netted, uh, the 22.5 million box office, even with that going on.
1: Man, that is, that's some pretty intense, but I mean, I totally see it. There was a high popularity, uh, uh, in terms of spectators viewing the film in New York as it was being filmed, like uh, there used to be like droves of crowds that would come see the film sets, even like the the shots that were happening like at three in the morning in the freaking cold, mm-hmm. you know, people were coming out there just to watch it. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't. I know there was a lot of things about this. I've also looked up and reading this article that I was writing about the original movie poster. Um, there it says these armies of there. These are the armies of the night. I believe is what mm-hmm. the original one says. Yeah, exactly. These are the armies yeah. of the night. And so. the original post said these are the armies of the night. They are a hundred thousand strong. They outnumbered the cops five to one. They could run New York City. And there was tons of people who were super outraged about that, just for the fact that like <laughs> given the wrong idea about like these like. Yeah, the cops getting overrun by the gangs and everything like that. So uh, I know that there was a support group that was trying to get the movie banned from coming to movie the theaters. So uh, yeah, this—I mean, this film had a lot of controversies. I feel like it has a little bit of like um, relevant, uh, like comparable notes to us doing one of our first podcasts, "The Gangs of New York" with Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, yeah, I feel right. like. Yeah, there's a lot. There's some comparisons that you can make along that. And I think just around the fact that um, gangs are were and still are a thing of New York. I mean, they were much more prevalent through, you know, the the, the mid to late 90s than the, compared to now. But, uh, you know, this film fell right during a time when they were still these are much more creative gangs you know the warriors and the rogues all went like the the, um who are the baseball guys the baseball furies yeah come on like i like the imaginative behind that but there were much other more intense threatening gangs that were walking the streets of new york at night
0: yeah, I'd say so. Um, <laughs> I mean, most of these guys aren't even uh, outfitted with weapons. Usually, you know, you only see really one gun in the movie across all of the characters. Whereas, I think maybe the real gangs that were uh, hanging around New York in 1979, you probably had a lot more <laughs> guns and weapons. Yeah, a lot more
1: firepower. Yeah. These were the gangs. These the move. This movie makes me think of the gangs that were on the music video like beat it with michael jackson <laughs> or like yo know, like th- these are the gangs that we're getting involved with there there was like the you know oh we got the nubchucks the one two kick step and exactly that's where we're at right now <laughs> i mean cool as hell for um halloween costume but you're absolutely right if you're talking about real gangs like why are these guys walking around with hockey sticks and nunchucks?
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of a, uh, cool as hell gang, let's go ahead and get into the plot, which, uh, we're going to start out talking with about the Gramercy riffs. Um, so this is sort of the most powerful gang that is shown in this movie. Um, and like you said before, it's all set in New York city. Uh, we're introduced to, a lot of gangs um and really there's uh this guy named cyrus who's the leader of the gang- grammar sea riffs and uh he's called all of the gangs and all of the new york city bureaus uh to come together one night you know sort of uh enact a truce uh because usually you know if one gang's going into the other's territories it's it's game time, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, exactly you got to put up a fight, get them out of your territory. So so there's a truce called that night uh, kind of calling them all together.
1: Yeah, I really like the beginning scenes of this, because while the credits are running, you know, we're getting two things. We're getting all we're getting uh, all these different gangs that are coming into to this park that they're going to meet up at you know just and they're going all the way to the bronx so that's important information they're going to the bronx here and um while that's happening we're also getting glimpses of the different members of uh the warriors and basically they're the head of the warriors they refer to as the war chief Mm -hmm. and so um the war chief is being played by um is it Cleon is his name? Yeah, Cleon, Cleon? is the,
0: the character's name.
1: Man, I, I'm telling you guys, like, cut me some slack here with the names. They say about maybe once or twice in the film, and then you don't hear it anymore. So uh, Cleon is the acting war chief, and uh, we get him basically meeting up the warriors, and all of them are kind of having their own says about, is Cyrus crazy? Is this going to happen? Is it on? Uh, and that kind of stuff. But the point I wanted to make was that during the credits, there's a lot of train action happening in this film all the time that they're running away. They're really trying to get to the train. And uh, I just love the way that they set up the credits to the point where it's kind of, you're kind of like riding into the front of the train and the credits are coming towards you as you get like the train moves closer in. So they expand out. It looks, it's a good opening and and the tension is there and mm-hmm. it, it drives you to the edge of your seat about what's really happening here they they uh, strap you right into the film
0: that's also where you get a look at a lot of the other gangs too like yes obviously they are uh giving maybe each member of the warriors a little bit of talking time and then you get the next sort of like train pass um action you know like as a uh uh you know segue kind of thing but then- further in
1: Further in the credits, right? Mm-hmm. Right,
0: but then, yes, yeah, so, I mean, you do see these other gangs walking to this meeting, and that's where I said that I saw you know, the Mime Gang, you see the Baseball <laughs> Furies, you, you know, you see some th- these gangs that uh they're all in like overalls and like long, they basically look like uh like yeah, Chucky like has from their the child's play card. movies,
1: yeah, everyone <laughs> has their calling card, like the Baseball Furies. Uh, which actually a fun fact, since we can't, we keep bringing them up as an example. The baseball furies were based off of Walter Hills doing. Basically, he made the team based off of two reasons. He loved the band Kiss, and he loved baseball, oh, so yeah. he just wanted to make. He just wanted to make sure that he had some group in here that had a combination of the two. Which, in frankly, out of all the rest of the groups, I thought I think they were the scariest.
0: I think so too. They, and then- they
1: they looked like some cl- some clockwork orange Stanley Kubrick shit. Yes,
0: yeah, so that's a great reference. Yeah, it, it makes so much sense that you say kiss because like I yeah I didn't piece that together until now. But Just yeah, the, like, yeah, the yeah, they wear a bunch of like face. It's family.
1: all the face paint. The cl- I thought they were trying to imitate like a clown or something like that. But the face paint looked much. It was much more intense than <laughs> any yeah. clown I've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, the good thing about this is that we're really getting a sense that like. People are following this truce pack. People respect this guy Cyrus for whatever he is. We don't know anything yet, but uh, it's enough respect that these uh, every gang in New York is congregating into this one point. And some of them are named. Some of them we only. See, some of them aren't named, and there's definitely ones that we just see there that are just there to, you know this is a gang but we'll never see you again in the film
0: <laughs> right and basically just i mean showing all of these gangs and especially they all do get to this one uh meeting which i mean you know back in 1979 and especially on this budget of four million dollars i mean they weren't using anything other than extras you know I like i feel like a movie nowadays would probably try and you know, digitally (laughs) put in like a larger crowd than it was, this was a big crowd. I mean, you know, like, and, and it just goes to show, I think, you know, just how, how strong, um, if all of these gangs were to work together, I mean, they really could run, uh, the city and that's what Cyrus is trying to propose. Um, so before we get there, the, uh, the warriors you know the gang that were uh, going to be following for the rest of the movie um, <laughs> the name of the movie the name of know? the movie <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're from Coney Island and so you're right they take a train to get into the Bronx and you know I'm not super familiar with the layout of New York City but I, I do know that I mean Coney Island is a, a trip to get from there yeah, to the Bronx
1: very far south Coney Coney Island's heading towards Jersey Right. So, you know, Coney Highland is a, it's a you know, hopping a skip away from Jersey and we're going all the way to the Bronx and the Bronx is the, um, the no, almost the most northern point of uh, New York. So, you know, I think the highest point of New York is Harlem uh guys i mean I, I i hope i know my new york right so i I don't want no i don't want a Yankee in here telling me that i'm doing this all <laughs> wrong
0: but
1: <laughs> but yeah you're absolutely right just for anyone that doesn't have an outlook of what new york is you're talking from this gang that's we're talking like a hundred miles like really in the uh, that's how far we're talking here
0: yeah, and so I mean they they come a long way, but it's I think you know so that they can have some representation at this summit. Um,
1: yeah, even even uh, Cleon is like he goes to one of the members and makes sure that <laughs> it's funny. He makes sure he has spray paint, but he refers to it as the stuff. You got the stuff, and he pulls out a spray paint can. I was just like, why didn't he just call it paint, man? Like <laughs> it's not drugs, it's not guns. Right? it's it's paint. It's so yeah. There is a yeah, lot of slang sure in this movie. Tagging. Yeah, yeah, there was. And I would, yeah, just making that reference that he wanted to make sure that he was tagging uh, the warrior symbol all over just make sure that the warriors were there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I mean, Cyrus, he's he's called together this big group. And uh, the purpose of it is saying, hey, you know, there's, there's infighting among us all the time. You know, what if we were to all... Uh, you know, align together, um, you know, have a truce and work together. You know, if we work together, we outnumber the police like they would stand no chance and we would be able mm-hmm. to run this city, you know, the way that we want to rather than fighting with each other and then, you know, being um hit on by the you know, police, like, you know, not, not being able to fight against them separately, Uh which exactly i i th- is a good message <laughs> i guess i don't i think he has the right ideas i don't think cyrus you know has sort of the uh killing and raping and looting uh i think he probably wants to just you know shape it new york city into the, it's what power. he wants to uh mm-hmm. you know but yeah basically i mean this whole um thing is about how they could uh you know basically defeat the police so i don't i don't Mm -hmm. mix messages i don't know
1: (laughs) no yeah i mean i get it i i it is it's this is an anarchy film so a completely fictional first of all with every sense of the meaning of fiction but plus the fact that uh it's it's all about anarchy here so um it's i think the representation here is that gang living's poor living that's right you know yeah. gang living's poor living so no one here is even if when they're in their gang the only reason they're in their gangs here is because they know if they're not in the gang you have even less than nothing so or you're less than what they have and so and that's also apparent in a scene in the film when they're riding in a train and these these uh they look like they just came from prom these, these two couples hop on the train oh with the warriors on yeah, and uh, it's it just to show the difference between the the uh, hierarchies here, the, where the different status symbols that they, they're representing. That's but, a great
0: scene uh, that I'm excited to talk about because the just the juxtaposition between <laughs> him sitting on the uh, the other side of the train seats from them. Um, <laughs> so uh,
1: yeah, yeah it's good.
0: everybody who's at this gathering of gangs. I mean, they they seem like they're into um, Cyrus's idea. Let's let's just say they dig it. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, Cyrus is coming into a, a grand crowd, uh, just complete silence, and then he says, "Can you dig it? Can you, can you dig, dig it?" it? He <laughs> says it the third time, and everyone just like that's when the light bulbs clicked on. These guys, they're like, "Oh yeah, I guess, I guess I can dig this." Yeah, all right, all right, this guy turns out I
0: do dig this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but yeah so everyone was digging it even but the warriors at first seemed a little bit skeptical but even some of them towards the end of the speech were kind we're giving some sort of like yeah this this is the way to go that we need we need this
0: yeah i mean cyrus he knows how to work a crowd he's a great orator um but uh there is one person in the crowd who does not dig it and this is our villain of the movie luther um which we don't know his name at this point but uh Basically he's just a gunman you know he has a pistol he uh and he shoots Cyrus and kills him uh as he's given his speech um
1: basically boots yeah, him Bruce. I mean <laughs> it's gives just, yeah job.
0: it's out of nowhere and uh, everybody just goes into complete disarray um you know nobody knows where the shots came from everybody just knows know this the Cyrus is dead now And then on top of that, the uh, the Mm -hmm. police have gotten word of uh, this gathering. And so they've come out and, you know, police raid, police raid starting to arrest people. So people just scatter, uh, including, um, you know, the warriors, Uh, some of them run in different directions and kind of lose each other. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. Except for Cleon or yeah, Cleon, which is important because, um, it just, this, there's two things that happen there. Um, the rifleman, Luther, points out that it was the warriors. He's the one that, the boy that cries wolf. And he gets Cleon basically surrounded by the rifts and beaten down. He They get, the term, what's the term that they whacked is the term that they use um, to describe, I, I think it, falls in a spectrum of these guys talking about not only were they beaten up, were they defeated, but like maybe killed. I think the, uh, the killing is really kind of the idea behind the whack here, but um, Cleon essentially gets whacked uh, because Luther cries wolf around at all these rival gangs. And I think the rifts are the ones that basically put them down. So now the warriors have just lost their war chief, their acting war chief. And we have a sense that the people are starting to feel that um, it's the warriors that did the shooting, not Luther and Luther as we all only, if you notice this, it's not told through the film, but if you notice just by the, uh, the jacket he's wearing, he's a part of a gang called.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to say that the only Mm -hmm. person who knows that it was, uh, Luther and the rogues gang that killed Cyrus, um, It's uh, one of the the warriors, uh, it's listed here as uh, Fox, um, who witnesses Luther do the shooting and Luther notices Fox witnessing him doing the shooting. So that's why, you know, when it comes to uh, either the riffs asking who did this that's when Luther, you know, points the fingers. He says, it was the Warriors, you know, and uh, so that that's why he's targeting, uh, you know, this gang in particular, trying to pass the blame on the Warriors. Um, and I mean, you know, nobody, nobody, <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody's second- Nobody
1: denied because everyone, the riot, the riot's still going on completely yeah. during this time. So, like every it, everything's in a uh, complete turmoil. And at this point, it's yeah, the the boy who cried wolf succeeded because Cleon basically gets uh, over overtaken by it looks like yeah. the most of the rifts. That's
0: actually yeah. the last time that we see Cleon. Um,
1: yeah, which makes that's why I made want to make the mention about the whacking because. I think there are incidences where, uh, you know, there's death. There's death in this film, so um, I think it goes to show that we're safe to say that Cleon, he, he got, we he got whacked. He got, he, he got that, the, So compass. I mean, I, I
0: did want to ask. You know, they never, they never write out say that Cleon died. I mean, when we last see him, he is getting beat to a pulp. Uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. uh, the riffs they're doing, uh, you know, like this downward elbow motion on him, just all in unison. Yeah, it's the like, circle, circle of guys the moment, giving him the right elbow, the the elbow. elbow. So <laughs> he's not in a good way, but I wasn't sure if he actually died. I think that's probably the implication is that they killed him.
1: I, I, I feel like it has to be the implication here because um, throughout the film, guys, the warriors are just to kind of just further on the, this point and further on the plot at the same time. Um, the Warriors are now on the on the run. Um, they, they're not only on the run from the cops right now, but the truce that is supposed to be happening—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not. It's—it's it's basically you know the, the, they're, they're, they're at first they're already skeptical right. that the truce is off anyways. But um, it's it's safe to say this just because if. The police may have gotten Cleon, for example. It's safe to say then that Cleon would have stayed alive because it's not the cop's job to kill the, these guys. It's to prosecute them, them and send them to jail or whatever. Yeah, arrest them at the end of the day. But uh, with these gangs, I mean, gangs aren't going to leave any any. No, yep. not really. There's no mercy. To,
0: especially when they think that you just killed their leader. So, yeah, I mean, this movie, it's uh, – there's a lot of dramatic irony going on, by which I mean, you know, the the audience knows things that the characters in the movie don't. Um, and in this movie, it's it's one that Gleon uh, is uh, no longer around. You know, a lot of the uh, Warriors gang – They just think maybe he got caught by the cops, you know, because they they all scattered off when the police came and when, you know, everybody was freaking out when Cyrus was first shot. Um, And so they're like, oh, I I didn't see Cleon. Did you see Cleon? Okay, well, you know, he must have gotten caught by the cops. And number two is that they don't know Mm -hmm. that any of these gangs think that they were responsible for the killing. They just think that the truce is off. And so, yeah, they're trying to make their way back to Coney Island, but they're also being wary of these other gangs only because they think, hey, this truce is no longer valid. If we step into their territory, it's possible that they'll want to kill us, but just because we're another gang. But no, this is uh, this is everybody is after them, down to um, there's a uh, radio DJ, uh, just uh, kind of unnamed throughout the movie. That um, yeah, she's a narrator. Yeah, narrator. Well, not narrator.
1: yeah, a little bit. She does have a little bit of narration. I I take that back. She does. It's just, but you're right. She's just basically she plays as she'll
0: come on and you know it's obviously that these other gangs are listening in to her and the, the warriors are not. Um, and you know basically she's identifying. Hey, it's the warriors. This is what they wear. These vests, in case you haven't seen them. And uh, this is where we last saw their whereabouts. So, you know, basically it's just, um, it's an all out hunt for these guys. And.
1: uh... I know that she did a great job of playing the right song. (laughs) Nowhere to run. (laughs) Nowhere to hide. Like that was basically, she played a song for them saying, Hey, where everyone's coming out to get you, but you're right. The warriors don't have it boombox next to them because it's the 1979 so oh, none of them uh, but, heard yeah, great,
0: great music choices and also i just love the uh the feel of the narrator you never see her eyes it's always just her like a very close-up of her mouth <laughs> into a microphone and uh yeah she has some great phrase she's like uh, you know she keeps calling everybody boppers uh <laughs> which is just great like <laughs> slang in this movie man i just love it like Bop keep popping.
1: There's a couple, there's a couple of slang. There's a couple of slang for sure. Like uh, when they meet up with the Lizzie's. girl gang and stuff like that, all of those, yeah, the Lizzie's, they they'd all just start <laughs> shooting the they're shooting the slang, shooting oh, yeah, the jack sure.
0: <laughs> And so the uh the first of the well, okay, but I guess before we get on to the first encounter that the Warriors have with the gang. They all do uh, meet up again in a graveyard, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, minus Leon. But basically they're all just catching their breath, trying to get a uh, survey of what's going on. And, um, uh, right, here's basically where we see the hierarchy of the Warriors which, as you said before, Cleon was the war chief, basically the leader of the Warriors. And in his absence, the next person who's going to be the war chief is this guy named Swan. Um, and uh, everybody but one person within the Warriors is okay with Swan becoming the new war chief. And the person who's kind of dissenting against it, his name is Ajax. He's, you know, basically the mouth of the group. You know, he's kind of the most hot-headed. Uh, yeah, you know, he loves to talk, loves to hear himself talk, and, um, you know, he uh, it'll be his downfall later. But um, <laughs> he, uh, he a,
1: <laughs> a, little sp- a little spoiler, out. a little spoiler. spoiler yeah. going no. to
0: listen to this. Have no, I'm just with the movie. Or- or just want to hear us talk about it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) But you're right. Uh, It's yeah, it's, it's still ensuing chaos because they just literally escaped. And so Swan just takes the bunks himself to kind of come up, have the rundown essentially of like, is everyone here? we got to make sure we got one. We like, you know, we got to make it back to Coney Island and Ajax is of course, just being the, devil's advocate and basically just trying to show off his you know, his, his big huevos because that's what that's what his persona yeah, is throughout the entire just, film uh, hey, but
0: who, who made you war chief i want to be war chief and you know everyone's just like shut up Ajax <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah at the end of the day though they start they start moving on out and everything like that that's when we get to hear from the radio dj that's they put out the the hit essentially on the warriors and um, it comes to the first uh, interaction. Basically, the Warriors are walking down some random road. I have it. This is also happening, guys, at like it's got to be like midnight, one in the morning, yeah. New York, which normally if you're thinking New York, people are still hustling and bustling. But uh, for this film's purpose, it's just to show that these guys are all alone, just basically around everything. They're all alone on the streets. They're all alone in the trains or Yeah,
0: You're right. Yeah. Most of the streets are cleared out. Most of the people that you see in this movie are, you know, affiliated with some gang. It's pretty rare that you see, you know, somebody who's just, yeah, just a civilian, civilians. Um, But, you know, like we said earlier, the, uh, the warriors, they're trying to make their way back to Coney Island. Best way to do that is by train. So they're getting to a train station, but they are being, careful just because you know they don't want to come across any other gangs. Um and so
1: mm-hmm. it didn't Which last didn't last long, long at all. Because they come across a yeah they had to come across a yeah. gang almost immediately. Um I I I think the it's name the, was i saw it yeah. tagged on the bus. Was it's, it it's the Taller balls. Okay, okay, sorry. Then I got it completely wrong, but I, I was looking on the bus and it said it was tagged in graffiti. And I was like, is that, is that intimidating? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't <laughs> read it on the
0: bus either, but they did actually say the name at one point. I think it was uh, the the narrator DJ afterwards. The DJ. So that's where I got it from. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You're right. So, yeah, it's just they have this huge bus. They're full, they're armed to the teeth with like, planks of two by four and chains and stuff like that it seems like every gang has at least one member that has a big long like <laughs> chain link uh, like a, oh, a I mean, weapon in the vest. uh but <laughs> when you order them yeah, the yeah the maybe chain. it does maybe it does yeah hey welcome to the group here first you get your honorary best welcome and everything like that and here's your ball <laughs> and now, no,
0: don't lose that don't lose that that's uh that's gonna be very important
1: <laughs> Yeah, you you don't get a second one of those, but they got away. They got away pretty easily, to be honest. So uh, the warrior, yeah, the warriors just they're running down this main road. They're getting chased by a bus. Um, The bus is kind of it's it's it seemed pretty slow in my opinion, but at the same time though. Like they just immediately walk up to one of those like second story trains where you have to go up a flight of stairs to get to the actual, uh, you know, the, the uh, to board the train where it is on the train tra- uh, tracks, and uh, they just fully outrun them all together. Just they did the turnbull aces yeah, didn't even uh, have a chance. This whole
0: scene had sort of like a uh, Mad Max feel to it of these these turnbulls. Um, you know they're all in the bus, some of them are oh, yeah. them off the bus, and you're right, yes, they're equipped with chains. One of them has like a two by four, <laughs> just piece of lumber, um, that he's going to use to hit people, <laughs> you know, off the side of the bus. Uh, but yeah, all, all the warriors are able <laughs> to outrun the bus, I guess. And uh, here's you know, like some of them are even kind of cocky, like what Ajax in particular, you know, before he. Runs up the stairs. He, you know, has time to uh, flick off the bus uh, before running up the stairs. But they're all able to get there just in time to the train. They say, "Hey, hold the train!" Uh, so they're jumping over the turnstiles and everything like that. And the doors close just before any of the Turnbull ACs are able to make it on. So. At this point, I mean, the Warriors are feeling Mm -hmm. great. They're, you know, hey, we're home free now. You know, man, what a night. (laughs) You know, what else could possibly happen?
1: Yeah, right. And the reason because of that is because most of these trains, if you just stay on them long enough, will take you to Union Station. And then the Union Station is the one train that can take them outside of New York and go to Coney Island. So uh, basically – you know they have this real false sense of security because they got to one of the trains that they were trying to get to the entire time. But Swan is the only one that seems to have the uh, hey, we're not safe until we're, yeah, that's old. right. He's we're not safe till we're to, safe,
0: you know, reality and to the other guys who are already, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eyes closed, you know, hands behind the head, just relaxing. And he's right to do so because you know, the train exactly gets stopped because one of the uh, other gangs had. Uh, set a fire, uh, a building on fire, alongside the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there was a, we we there was a scene right between this that we go back to the DJ um, or I believe it is a member that goes to the mm-hmm. the acting leader of the rifts because Cyrus now being dead, there's a new guy that's basically holding down. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Who, who plays the acting leader, but it's not, it's not so very much important, but um, it seems like there was a transaction between finding out that they got away from the Turnbull ACs, that a rival gang did set a fire to stop the train for it before it got the, yeah, the so union they all station have
0: to get off of the train and uh, basically still try to go by foot to union station and, um,
1: Mm-hmm. They're stranded in Tremont okay. now. Tremont. Uh, so yeah,
0: they still have a ways to go. Yep. And so going out on foot, um, they walk through a territory that is controlled by this gang called the Orphans. Who <laughs> the uh, the warriors? I mean, they identify them immediately as a. I think they say a low class gang, like you know they. They're basically just like not even making a uh, any sort of blip on the radar. Of, you know, they they don't look very highly on these gangs. Uh, on, yes. On this gang the orphans.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're exactly right. Um, it's goes. To, they're non-affiliated with this. What with the warriors and the riffs and all these others that showed up to the park. Because from what Cyrus was telling in the beginning is that he got like nine or 10 members from each of the gangs that w- were part of like a hundred different gangs that ran New York. And he made it sound based off of his speech that were, there was even another a mm-hmm. hundred more gangs out there that all of them, if they have like, if they can band together would you know run New York. So this gang that they came around, they came around were just not affiliated with the warriors and the riffs and whatnot. Yeah, they, I think they, they would love to be
0: affiliated because, uh, Well, you know, the Warriors and um, the Orphans, the two leaders, uh, which is, you know, swan for the Warriors. And then I'm not even sure that they ever identify the name of the Orphans leader, but he's kind of like a a tall, lanky guy. Um, You know, Warriors say, hey, we were coming back from a, uh, you know, gathering that um, Cyrus put together where we're all talking and the the orphans leader is like what you know we didn't hear about that if something was going on we would have known (laughs) it's like ah well you weren't invited (laughs) that's why
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the guy even goes to his crony who pulls out like a slip of newspaper Who's like hey man we made the we made the freaking paper we're hard (laughs) we're hard and that's and that's when like swan and fox are like oh yeah you you
0: definitely heard of you you know you guys are are real hard and um so yeah, I mean, basically, you know, they, they're they're buttering up the orphans, um, you know, Swan is and, uh, you know, the other uh, member of, oh, okay, that is Fox. I was Fox. trying to remember the name of him because you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, they don't really use names too often when they're talking to each other.
1: No, it's kind of like, point, you, come. (laughs)
0: Other warrior. (laughs) Yeah, You, other Um, warrior, fellow member. Buttering up the Orphans gang because they know that, yeah, even though the Orphans are a pretty, you know, lower tier gang, there's still a lot of them. You know, they don't want to get into a fight if they don't have to. Um, And so.
1: Seems like Ajax is the only one that wants to get in a fight. And uh, he uses his catchphrase that he uses throughout the film, calling them. He calls them wimp. He says, "Well, you know, if there's thirty of them, oh, oh, but they're wimps. You you know, that won't be a hard uh, fight." The
0: F word that Ajax uses like three times throughout the movie. That just uh... (laughs) oh no, no,
1: dude. Okay, no, he calls them wimps. No. Let's go with the let's go with the fourth grade uh, recess term yes, instead of the actual better, super uh, derogatory uh, a much
0: term. Better term than, <laughs> because that is also somehow Ajax's phrase because he uses it so much. And man, that really uh, every time that he utters it in the movie, it's just like, oh hey. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so anyways, yes. <laughs> so everything seems like it's going to go well. The orphans are going to say, well, you know, hey, as long as you guys are just passing through, that's okay. Just Make sure you just, you know, walk quickly through our territory. You know, we're we're not going to hurt you. Everything seems like it's golden. And then uh, (laughs) the, uh, you know, stick in the bicycle spokes comes out in the form of a uh, young lady who does not know how to uh, use a bra because she, um, (laughs) you can just see like right through her shirt. Anyways, whatever.
1: Yeah, she's basically the town. She's the is town. Uh, I don't know. Yeah,
0: The lady what's, of what's the night. For, the anyways, lady of the night. Yes. And I, it says here her name is Mercy, but I didn't even get that from the movie. I, d- I just don't even know that she was ever named. Um,
1: yeah, the orphan leader uh, also, just a fun fact, orphan leader is being played by Paul Grisot. So, you know, just a little. Uh, there was tons of gang leaders that were featured by very prominent uh, actors and stuff like that. But, um, uh, yeah, I believe uh, the Orphan's Leader calls calls her mercy to get her to shut her trap because uh, right as she comes out of the apartment to, you know, interfere with the two gangs, even the warriors call out, like, oh, you know what that is? Yeah, you know what that is? That's trouble right there. And that's exactly what what she does. Yeah, she, I got to be honest, guys, and I'm doing a little bit of... uh, you know, future sight here into more about the film because she basically comes more into the film. She, I don't get her role. Like, I get the role of her here in this specific film, which is to incite uh, rage with between the two games to kind of get aroused out of both of them. But uh, the fact that she just sticks along with the warriors throughout the rest is think, uh, very well, confusing. You
0: know, I think she may have some character development throughout the film but at this point in the film i think that she likes to basically just leech on to whichever gang is going to kind of well one probably protect her but two i guess get her higher in the i don't know man <laughs> I, I yeah i'm not really sure what her purpose is yeah
1: really. yeah Like, oh, I might, might as well jump to the next gang here because, you know, the, the warriors are better than the orphans or whatever
0: you know she must be maybe like the orphans leaders uh girlfriend or something like that and she's coming out basically to say Mm -hmm. hey you know you, you wimp you like you know you're just gonna let them pass right through your territory you know who these guys are like you know just emasculating him basically and it works on him because he says hey Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, uh, we're the orphans, like you know, if you guys got want to pass through, you gotta take off your vests, and that is the one thing that the warriors do not do. They say, you know, hey, we never take off our vests, like you know, f- fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> we're we're not taking off our vests, and we're gonna walk through your territory without your approval, and so they they just keep on walking, um you know, you know,, it really fires up. <laughs> Uh, the Orphan's leader at this point, and uh, Mercy as well. I mean, she's basically getting a kick out of uh, the Orphan's leader just getting uh, stepped on.
1: Yeah, but then she can't get aroused out of the Warriors at all. So that's like, it it really seems to gnaw at her a little bit because the Warriors start walking. The Orphans go back into the uh, apartment basically to strap up yeah I think I think and it's because they're they're getting ready to strap off, especially since Swan tells him the guy to go fuck off, but um mercy uh tries to trail behind the warriors to see where they're going. not I don't know at this point if she's trying to tail them to make sure that they don't get away or just to see where they are, but she goes poking her nose into trouble again, and that's when Ajax pops behind her and and basically like uh, surprises her they trap- they trap her for a second, and uh uh, it, at this point, it seems it's just it, it, the whole idea here is that every step that the Warriors take is trouble. You know, they they never have a moment of reprise really throughout the film unless they're on a train. The, the train seems to be the only instance in which, you know, it's like a, they're leveling up from level one to level two, you know. Then they, they can go back and, like, have a few minutes of rest before they have to get back in the thick of things. But they get... Entrapped here by Mercy and talking with her, really all about nothing. Just like, why are you following us? Get away from us and stuff like that. And while this is happening, the orphans return with more reinforcements, and now they have yeah, some absolutely. weapons well.
0: It's, you're right. It's it's every step towards the, you know, getting home on Coney Island is one step forward and then two steps back when something. Kind of, you know, comes up and uh, <laughs> basically stops them from being able to make a train or make progress. And in this case, you're right, it's it's Mercy. She's following behind them. You're right, Ajax, he gets the jump on her, uh, you know, covers her mouth with one hand, stop her from st- screaming. You know what? I, I don't know if we're supposed to exactly root for the warriors in this movie or any of the characters because – a lot of them, you know, they don't seem like great guys either. Like, you know, Ajax is obviously – he's really cocky, but he's also like a little bit uh, rapey. Yeah, yeah, predatory. A predatory.
1: And exactly. uh,
0: even Swan, who's, you know, now the, the, the war chief of the Warriors, and you're, you know, thinking, oh, okay, you know, he's a good leader. He's just trying to get his guys home. He sort of does some like weird things too you know like he would they they basically like you know put mercy up against a car and he says some real gross stuff to her but then <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're you're definitely pinpointing all the all the things that are like the, the uh Disgusting acts, I guess they that they do. Even though nothing ever comes yeah. to fruition, it's more just like talk. And all these guys, you know, I don't for the most part, is I think he's
0: trying to talk. maybe like yeah scare her, or you know be like, hey, we're the warriors, we're bad. But like you know, maybe he's not you know actually a bad guy. But yeah, he's like you know saying like <laughs> maybe we should all run trade on you and like as I was watching I was like oh god jesus like these are our, like you know protagonists <laughs> but uh it, it either way <laughs> yeah. i he um it it all comes to uh a a head when the orphans um you know they find the warriors and what the warriors do is they they have a bottle of some sort of High proof alcohol, uh, rip off a little bit of, you know, oh yeah, maybe gasoline. Yeah, maybe gasoline. Maybe it's not even alcohol, but it's it's in a glass bottle is the important part. Rip off a little bit of Mercy's uh, dress, a little bit of uh, fabric, light it on fire, and make a, a Molotov cocktail, which they then throw at a car, blows up next to the orphans, and that's how they're able to, you know, put some distance between them and uh and get away and yeah i mean anyways uh i think it's mm-hmm. swan grabs mercy and now she's just with them um which i didn't expect i thought that that was going to be the last time that we see her but yeah i mean she's just kind of along for the, the mm-hmm. ride now i guess going to coney island so uh
1: yeah that's that's the thing that's that's the thing i didn't get maybe it's because she just needed to get it. Like she said, she latches on to the, the strongest group, the strongest, you know, she's that's with that kind of, that kind of like parasitic leech gas <laughs> to describe a woman. You mean by <laughs> <laughs> but, thank you. Thank you. God. Um, and, or maybe she's just trying to leave the, the, the recesses of like her depressed neighborhood. There, there's nothing going on where she's going. So, Let's just yeah. see where these warriors. And so are going at the off same to. time,
0: um, I think this is also where we might uh, get reintroduced to the rogues, um, which that's uh, headed up by Luther, who's the one who had originally shot uh, Cyrus that we see in the beginning. And man, uh, mm-hmm. the actor who plays R- Luther, who, uh, it's an actor named David Patrick Kelly. Um, I'm not sure what else he has done, but man, he, he has,
1: I'll look at, I'll look it up. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, no offense to the actor, but he has the right face for this role, which is just like, it's a very like, you know, kind of like punchable face i don't know like he's it's like a very angular face he just looks like a bad guy um (laughs) i'm sure you know (laughs) david patrick kelly sure he's a very nice man but uh he is perfect for the role of luther and um
1: right i'm looking him up right now um did you ever see the brandon lee movie the crow yeah he plays the um main antagonist there a part of the uh mm-hmm. the gang that kills the family and he also plays in adam sandler's oh, okay. movie the longest Jar. so yeah
0: i mean he was a bad guy in the crow too then. yeah so just a little, so, little fun mean, fact about uh, david
1: yeah so he seems to be yeah, an antagonist here that seems to be, be the going you know, factor with that him. niche or something um, like
0: that
1: typecast exactly and at this point pu- Yeah, and at this point that we're seeing Luther, it's really uh, twofold. One, uh, he's gaining information from the Rifts. It seems like the Rifts is keeping in contact with all of the other gangs to make sure that they're uh, just uh, informed of where the Warriors are because the hit's out and they want anyone and everyone to get them. But at the same time, though, it seems that one of Luther's cronies, another member of the uh, Rogues, uh, is worried. About whether or not they're going to get their plot found out that it was actually Luther that did the killing. So uh, Luther then suggests, you know, hey, don't worry about it, stop crying. But if it makes you feel any better, we can yeah, search right. them yeah, as I mean, well. Yeah,
0: they're you're right. They're getting information um, that the uh, the Turnbull ACs were not successful in killing uh, the warriors, and that's exactly what Luther wants. I mean, he wants to be the one to catch up to the warriors because i, I believe the Rifts want them brought in alive. Mm-hmm. and uh that's not what luther wants because he just knows that the warriors are going to then pass the buck on to him and say hey it was luther it was the rogues who were the ones that killed cyrus so luther wants to find the warriors and be the one to kill them um
1: Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe so. Yeah I, yeah. I think, I don't think it's about passing bucks because at this point I everyone's out to just get the warriors. That's what it is. No, if there's no yeah. question about whether or not they did it or not. I think it's mostly because they, yeah, it's because the riffs want to make sure that they get mm-hmm. rightful vengeance. And one more thing Cyrus. about the rogues
0: before we leave them, I right. mean, you know, th- this scene is kind of, it's a little bit inconsequential. They're just, you know, robbing a bodega or something like that corner store. Um, but they do Mm -hmm. drive a, uh, a hearse, which (laughs) it's, uh, I I did notice that. um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) And they spray painted it to death too. They have all like their tags and spray paints all over this. So it's just this like really old clunky looking car that someone just spray painted.
0: Props to, uh, the, uh, well i don't want to say the set designers because i think it's just really shot in new york but um the costume designers and uh you know the people who um like you know this this vehicle the hearse is spray painted to death i mean it's it's so uh like you know kind of iconic and um like really befitting of these gangs it, you know the, it, there's a lot of you can Im- immediately identify when you're looking at like a new gang because they are dressed all so differently
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, they did so a really great job the there.
0: Warriors. this is um, they do make yeah. it to the train station here, but this is the same thing that we said before, which is one step forward, two steps back. Uh, this is where they have an encounter with the police, right?
1: Yeah, so they're on Ninety Sixth Street and Broadway. So they're basically. Still, They're still really far away, but they're, they're in the middle of Manhattan now. So that's that's much better than being where they were in, in the Bronx. Um, but uh, yeah, now, now the police are involved because not only we got a taste of them getting chased by rival gangs, but it's really they also have to worry about the police. So um, this scene goes by pretty fast for the most part. Um, it, multiple things happen here. So um, the first being... They get separated. So um, there's three members: Vermin, coaches. Uh, Coach, Coach, I, I, I can't even. Thank you, coaches and Rembrandt. So the three of the members just tag along, not Swan or Ajax, who we've been mentioning or anything like that. They escape by boarding a subway train from the cops. So for now, they seem like they're going. They're on the right track because they. That was the whole point was to get onto a subway car. Um, At this time, Fox is also holding on to Mercy while they're running. So she's basically holding – he's holding her hand the whole time. And he gets into a one-on-one scuff with a police officer. So I don't know how they got narrowed down to the 1v1. But um, while that's happening, he gets kind of – they get tossed to the ground as they fight. And he gets fatally thrown Right onto the train tracks as a passing train's coming. So we get we get our they don't show the death obviously, but you know there's our second warriors casualty. First is Cleon, and now Fox has died. But all all right. for Mercy and to actually get this away. This is
0: another one that they never really. I don't think you know Mercy. Even though she was with Fox, she was running at the time <laughs> of his death. I don't think that she knows that he was killed and so here's another one in the movie that they never actually i think understand that fox died like they thought that maybe he got picked up by the police and even at the end of the movie i don't think it's ever established that they don't know the fox is <laughs> like coming home the next day after he gets out of jail um so it's just kind of one of those things that like you know never uh, never comes to a head just because none of the characters know and only the audience knows mm-hmm.
1: um yeah and i'm just gonna make this i guess i, w- I don't want to get too into the weeds with this topic but i find it important at the same time though we established earlier that Fox is the person that saw Luther do the killing. Why was there never a moment during the conversation in the gra- graveyard, or all during this running, that Fox told the rest of the guys, "Hey, it wasn't us that killed Cyrus. I saw who it was. Yeah, it was Luther."
0: It is that is frustrating um, because they did have that moment in the graveyard. You know, if they had just been running from uh you know square one and just maybe never had that chance i might be able to understand but you're right yeah between you know they had that moment in the graveyard they had you know at least part of a train ride where things were calming down and they could have talked about it yeah that is weird but yes so i mean now with fox being out of the picture nobody knows it was luther who did the killing and then also i mean nobody still at this point knows that they're even being hunted um uh, you know, for any particular reason. Uh, so, yeah, you, it, it is kind of a uh, just a blind spot in the knowledge here.
1: Yeah, a little bit, a little disappointing in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's fine or whatever like that. I mean, it's not it doesn't come important because we later figure out that um, Fox wasn't the only person that saw but uh, it just it just frustrating because that seemed like a pinnacle uh, piece of information <laughs> that was left out from the rest of the gang. They had to run. They had to, they had to run away regardless. Like it's not like that they would have went to the rest and been like, no, Lou is lying. It was to him. Like that. He's they're still putting themselves in harm's way. But at least all of them would have had the you know the information and they could have yeah, been clarified absolutely. later on in the film or whatever. And so
0: uh, you're right. Yes, the Warriors are split up now. um, And uh,
1: yeah. So three of them got away. Yeah, three of them got away. Fox is dead. And then we're left with four members Cowboy, Snow, Swan, and Ajax. Now, they ran away from the cops successfully, but when they got out at one of the just side station streets or something like that, this is when we get them encountered by another rival gang. And this time it's the baseball Furies who are much, much more intimidating looking yes, than yeah, Turnbull yeah, probably The most
0: were. iconic of the, um, <laughs> the iconic look of the gangs. I mean, you know, it's it it, it can't be confused with any other movie because it, it's just, uh, you know, your regular baseball uniform. They're dressed like, you know, like Yankees players with, you know, the uh, the, uh, you know, black uh, mm-hmm. vertical
1: High stripe on and white. baseball uniforms. Uh, But
0: right, yes. Yeah, so They're wearing baseball uniforms. And then they you know they they also, like you said earlier, do have that face paint of uh, you know, like a, a KISS band member, except it's all colors. Um, it's not black and white. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean the, these are just <laughs> oh, rock and roll oh no <laughs>
1: dude. Hey, you know we gotta love Kiss, man. The face painted and yeah, man. Really I, I mean, you know, it. great
0: band. And I, you know, we never actually get to hear the uh, Baseball Furies sing because they don't talk at all. But I'm sure they all have beautiful voices too.
1: <laughs> really
0: long tongues and really That's really nice.
1: long tongues. <laughs> so I would love to
0: have an origin story of why are these guys are dressed like baseball players and also just, are they just baseball enthusiasts who then decided, uh, Hey, maybe we're better at being a gang than uh, playing baseball, or this is just what they do at night. But um, <laughs> they, uh, they're, they're all <laughs> equipped with baseball bats and they chase our four warriors into a, uh, a park. And basically, you know, the warriors, they're running. And I think it's Ajax who's the one of, or no, uh, one of the warriors is it it's cowboy I think says I'm I'm tired you know like I can't run anymore like I'm tired and Ajax says all right Mm -hmm. that's good anyways because I'm you know I I don't want to run I want to fight and uh here's the only time where I I think Ajax uh really you know kind of proves his worth is this guy can fight um (laughs) It's, uh, I think Cowboy, yeah. you know, gets instantly hit with a baseball bat, but then Ajax takes on two or three of these baseball furies, gets a baseball bat. He's, you know, deflecting other bats and just, man, g- great sounds too. You know, like of these baseball bats hitting each other, um, cause they're all wood bats at this point too. Right.
1: It, like, battle. <laughs> baseball bats. It's just, it's, it's very, uh. It, yeah, it was definitely an awesome fight. I think what really was the awesome part was the fact that um, maybe to the Baseball furies' stupidity, but they the four of them split up 2v2. One just keep going down the road that they're running and the other mm-hmm. split off into the dark going to the right. And all the Baseball Furies just stick on to the two guys that are running down the road, Ajax and Cowboy. But all during while that's happening, Swan and um, Snow just turn around Get behind the slowest running baseball Furies members and then 2v1 him to get a baseball bat. And then, right when Cowboy, you're right, Cowboy and Ajax turn around to finally fight, you know, here comes Snow and Swan c- coming in as reinforcements instead of being, you know, a- outnumbered. Yeah,
0: right. And so, I mean, yeah, with that strategy, they easily take out the baseball Furies. Um, and now, uh, some of the Warriors even have uh bats too, because they didn't have any weapons beforehand. Um
1: Yeah. <laughs> what if one of the fears was just like, no, so <laughs> my, dad stop, gave that my bat. favorite bat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. So
0: <laughs> I um, <laughs> so, you know, at this point I was like, All right, you know. Man, good on Ajax, you know. He, he, maybe he is like a redeemable character, you know, after he uh he wins his fight and saves Cowboy and stuff like that. And then, ah oh man, he just he he ruins himself again because yeah, shoots himself. himself. In the foot yeah, yeah, he the shoots himself in Are walking the out of this park. Um trying to get uh, you know, yeah, dead of night. Dead of and night. They pass by the a woman <laughs> sitting on a bench. Uh, just a you know lone woman sitting on a bench um.
1: <laughs> a hottie with a slang yeah, body there's
0: actually her character name in the uh credits <laughs> uh,
1: yeah uh yeah character number 2 and honey. all of them notice yeah, that's him, right. that's of correct.
0: course but ajax man he just like you know has he he just like cannot go yeah. without the opportunity of like making a pass at a woman and so they all pass her but ajax He's, he says, hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll catch up with you guys. Like, you know, I'm I'm going to go uh, pick up this girl or, like, bring her back to Coney Island or something like that. I forget exactly what he says. But either way, uh, they're like, hey, we can't stop you. But, like, really, we should just keep on going. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, for real, I'll catch up with you. You guys go ahead. And they're like, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so he goes back there. She is too receptive to uh, the strange man, you know, now hitting on her at the dead of night. Like you said, this is probably like 2 AM or 3 AM at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, And, you know, this should have been a a red flag for him of her, you know, welcoming any of his advances, but uh, you know, he, he pops a seat next to her. um, And then, yeah, just gets like really aggressive. Like, you know, he's like kissing on her neck and stuff and she's, you know, pushing him off doing whatever. And, and, Anyways, uh she ends up handcuffing him to the park bench, blowing on a whistle. Turns out she's an undercover police officer, and uh reinforcements come in to arrest him. And, you know, the whole time he's he's tugging at the uh the handcuffs in the park bench, trying to get out. Well, um uh none of the warriors would have known this other than Snow and Cowboy uh stop Swan and they say, Hey, you know, we should go back for Ajax. Like, you know, Cowboy's like, hey, he did save me back there. Like, you know, we're all part of the same gang here. Like, we got to watch out for each other. So uh, Swan says, yeah, I- I'm going to go ahead. You guys go back for him. We'll all meet here at the Union Station. So uh, Snow and Cowboy they go back just in time to see Ajax's rest. So, you know, they they know that, hey, he's not going to be coming back with him that night. But, hey, at least he was arrested and not killed like uh, Fox or uh, Cleon. So, I mean, he had a better ending in this movie than yeah. uh, he probably deserved.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. That's that, That's the point I was just trying to make. I mean, at least with a police officer, yeah, you know, gonna like, arrested, he's going to get arrested. You know, he's not, he's not. he's not out of harm's way, but, like, he's not – this life isn't threatened anymore for the most part. Maybe his livelihood, you know, might go to jail, but no, he's, you know, he's, he's not dead
0: know, safe. Quote unquote, you know, from all of these gangs that are chasing them, you know, the, the police officers are probably the best one of these gangs to be caught by. So, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So here, Oh, here we find out where the, the other three members are doing before they get to union station. And then those are exactly. the
1: three. Exactly no they make, it, they make it they make it all the way to the union station and now they're like oh, uh, you're right. you know yes. we got to wait for happens. these guys they to
0: union station yep. they're waiting on the others and uh these three members just to remind the audience uh, their names are vermin Cochise, and rembrandt um i probably like rembrandt the best out of all of these I, they don't really do much character development but um
1: no but rembrandt gives off the vibe no, that, I got that he's too. A, like the new member he's like He's the most he's the most uh greenhorn he's he's definitely th- doesn't have the armor that the rest of them have built up as like the uh you know identifying member
0: of yeah probably the, Warriors, yeah, the youngest of opinion. them he's the one who uh you know anytime they have to tag their uh w in the uh, graffiti he's the one who has the uh graffiti and or who has the spray paint um and uh, yeah, so you're right. As after they get to Union Station uh, and they're waiting on the other members to meet up with them, they actually see um, just a bunch of uh, women standing there, kind of, you know, whispering each- to each other and ogling uh, them. And so they say, well, you know, hell, while we're waiting, let's go uh, talk to these girls. And, um, anyways, girls are very receptive. To these three warriors uh, so much so that they invite them back to their place.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing these warriors are good at, it's yeah, thinking with their absolutely. dicks and not with um, their brains. Yeah. I, yeah. I <laughs> don't know what Rembrandt seems to be the only one that was like, guys, maybe we shouldn't do this, but we don't have, he said, we don't have the time for this. Then I believe it was like a uh, uh, coaches that was like, yeah, man, we got nothing to this, but I, time so, right I now. Mean,
0: not to get uh, to like 10th grade literature class here, but some of this movie, I wonder if there was any sort of influence from like the Odyssey, you know, like where. Um...
1: Oh, dude, I totally agree with you. I was, I okay? great job, man. I was about to make that yes, exact. They're sirens. Yes. That's they're, what i are saying sirens. That, is that, they're you know, sirens.
0: Like some of these warriors are just like, caught under the sirens spell and they, they, you know, get distracted from the ultimate goal, which is getting back home. Um, And like, I, I, I do, I kind of want to look it up. I should have looked it up before we recorded this podcast, if there was any influence or any sort of, (laughs) you know, articles written about that. But um, yeah, I mean.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. man there's it's uncanny how many comparisons that you can probably pull from this film that go towards that film as well with, with tons of films. I mean, the oh Coen brother brothers brother, do the yeah, exact same right. thing with Old oh brother, where aren't Even naming the name, the main character, Ulysses. So, uh, mm-hmm. which is Odysseus Ulysses. That was the name of the main guy, the, the Odyssey. But um, uh, I totally agree with you, man. Uh, it's that, Or the fact that Coney Islands has very slim pickings (laughs) for beautiful women. Guys, (laughs) (laughs) that's be the only thing here because they're here in Manhattan. They're like, oh, we don't get you, Manhattan girls down here in Coney, (laughs) the CI. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe that's maybe that's it. But I I do agree. I think what's really happening here is that normally uh, with Cleon, he was probably a much more uh, respected war chief than Swan ever could be, and especially with these guys, it's like herding cats. These are still just young men that have known nothing except for the laws that they make for themselves. They run Coney Island. The, the only reason they're following, you know, Cyrus and the uh, uh, the Gramercy Riffs is because they're completely outnumbered. You know, it's right. that, That's, that's A fear, much not based off respect, uh, that they
0: are. You're right. I am sure that Cleon exactly. probably ran like a, exactly. you know, a tight so, ship. You know, down to uh, you know, the the hierarchy that we see within this gang that there is a war chief, like I'm sure that Cleon, you know, really like kept them um, you know, in a in, in a <laughs> fighting shape. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and so now we're now we're stuck with No, you're right. And now we're stuck with the group of guys that has a uh, imposing leader that has never really shown that leadership role before. And if any of them are not with Swan, who's trying to like herd cats, like I just mentioned, they just fall back into their bad habit ways, which is a bunch of 20, 30, early mm-hmm. 30 guys thinking with their dicks.
0: And so they they do end up going. So yeah. To, so uh, go ahead. the, Well, uh, I guess I'll say hideout (laughs) of these ladies. Um, And they're, you're right. They're thinking with their dicks. They're not asking too many questions there. You know, no flags are going off. I think they do say at one point, where are your men? Like, where are your fellas? And, you know, they write it off. They're like, oh, they're out. You know, it's.
1: They, 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 you know what he said? They went to a meeting in the Bronx. So that's, that is, that is the no, that's biggest, that's I'm sorry, I'm cutting that. you off here, but that is the biggest red flag. That, that's the biggest red flag that they've ever received ever. Like, do they, do they not understand that they're getting chased by all the groups right now? Um, so maybe it's because again, I don't, I think what the biggest flaw derives back from the fact that Fox never told them that it was Luther and that he was blaming the Warriors. Because all of them were like running around in the park. A Cleon was the only one that, like, uh, heard Luther say, it was the Warriors, it was the Warriors, and people were agreeing to them. So maybe that has to do with it, but if I were you, man, these ladies literally just told you, yeah, we're girls that belong to a gang. But they're not here right yeah, now, so we glad. like you guys so, I mean yeah,
0: I mean I, I don't know what they're thinking, or I know what they're thinking, but you know, like <laughs> not thinking of that, the repercussions, and uh well, it turns out that they don't even have to worry about their fellows coming back because uh all of these women end up being a gang of their own, an all female gang called the Lizzies, and how we get to know this is that um. Rembrandt's really the only one who's keeping up his wits about him, you know vermin and Cochise, they're both uh ready to kind of grab which women of you know the, yeah yeah get it get all. All. You know they're they're gonna drink what they <laughs> offer them they're gonna smoke what they offer them, and I think Rembrandt notices uh one of the women about to uh drug one of the drinks that they're going to bring to the other guys, so um. Yeah. And then, uh, yes, right. One of them, one of the Lizzie's brings out a uh, switchblade. Another one has a gun and that's when, uh, the jig is up. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're not one of them. It, you know, cuts, um, Rembrandt's arm Nobody lands a Reper shot Ramp with a pistol, you know, know. I think there's a like slow that. motion jumping over a table scene, which we've had a few slow motion jumping over table scenes in the movies we've watched. Uh, the most recent one that comes to mind is Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: You gotta love it, man! It just got—I have never jumped over a table in order to, like, you know, use it as cover. That just—that just seems like a badass move. It's like sliding across the hood of a car when you're trying to get you in, will, the, in the ride sure to get car off, chase
0: You know, in your life, you—you you got a lot of life left.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I <not> gotta die. <laughs> we'll make that. Yeah, uh, we'll make that happen.
1: But anywho, yeah, could, I, I like it. <laughs> Well, they 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 escape, man, and then only now does Rembrandt Rembrandt talk to these guys and thinks like, "Hey, like these gang, all these gangs are out for us now." Everyone thinks that the Warriors the one that shot Cyrus because, like, why why else are they getting into such chases right now? You know that everyone else is trying to get them, and you know. The, uh, you know, maybe with the turnbull ACs, they could have just been like a rival gang just fighting for turf, but now with like the Lizzies and everything like that, these random girls are just trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, they start putting two and yeah, two. Yeah, so
0: they make their way on back to Union Station. Um and uh, uh who Yes, right. This is when we get uh, we go back to Swan who gets to Union Station. Meets up with Mercy, who's just been hanging around there. Uh, she did steal a jacket, she says, because the cops were looking for a woman in a pink dress. Um and uh so anyways, uh she's just been hanging there the whole time. And she tells Swan, Hey, last time I saw Fox, he was getting, you know, nabbed by a cop. So I'm sure he got arrested. Uh, which we, as the audience, know that didn't happen. <laughs> he, he got thrown into a train. <laughs> but, um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So there are um, actually, I believe, there's uh, what he's not at Union Station yet because he walks to Union oh, Station right. using he the train track. He goes back to the, he goes back to the 96th Street where they were before they met up with how the baseball. I know about New York. So now I think every
0: station is just Union Station. <laughs> that's what I've heard.
1: <laughs> choo-choo man train <laughs> trains go fast underground <laughs> but yeah he's basically um meets up with mercy you're absolutely right mercy informs him about fox but the cops also show back up and so in order to escape from the cops which ballsy move and swan my opinion for swan but he actually hops onto the train tracks and starts oh my god! The yeah i didn't even know that, that was escape, possible like which, yeah, i've
0: seen that in movies but it's always like
1: you know it's it's, it's it's only possible in very specific areas of the station, which I'm kind of ashamed of the director for not showing them dodge the train that was coming towards them as they hopped into the station because this was like a means of like, this is our only escape. Let's hop in the tunnel. The train will come and block off mm-hmm. the route from all the police chasing after us and hear us hopping on to like uh, engineer's uh route an engineer's route like a train you know emergency route like maybe a ladder or a door or something like that that helped them escape from getting hit by a train but no the scene just cuts short and they look like they just like you know i bet they probably were able to um, film
0: that either just weren't able to do the stunt or maybe this was you know just uh, a, a real in use subway but just after the trains were running that they shot on location um that would be my guess
1: yeah maybe but that's a good i mean honestly that's a pretty educated guess it was just a a shot that they couldn't shoot um but all during this time swan's by himself with mercy now and mercy definitely has a crush on him for some reason like i get it maybe it's that like where the adrenaline's Pumping, and we're just escaping. We're escaping uh, Johnny Law or whatever. But uh, she's just doing, I guess, what she knows best, which is kind of just. And Swan knows it the entire time. He even just like, wouldn't it be easier for you to just tie a mattress to your back? And um, she basically rebuttals, saying, "Hey, what do you know of my life? What do you know about me? Like, I, I see my, I see the people around me living with cockroaches in their cupboards, and they got families of six people. I'm just looking for yeah, something you better." Get a real, and this talking uh, you know, into into
0: her life, but yeah, Swan's being kind of like shitty to her, which I guess that's just his thing.
1: What the hell, I don't blame him though. Here's this girl that all I know about you is the fact that you try to get a rival game to beat yeah. the shit out. <laughs> come from a fair point where it, this girl just needs to leave him alone. And she's, like I said, I, I, this is, this is, this Is the character, ladies, for anyone listening? I'm not saying this about all girls, but she's oh, being don't a worry, parasite. I'll edit
0: it to uh get rid of that note beforehand that you just said and <laughs> clip out just that <laughs> <one laughs> clip for Instagram, <laughs> ladies. Parasite, are a parasite, parasite,
1: parasite, <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, but uh, yeah, so I guess at that point, Swan gets like a little bit of sympathy, there's a kiss moment, but Swan brushes that off immediately and is like, I know you're what you're about, you know, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just beat it or whatever like that? And so there's a small moment where Swan is by himself and he's now at Union State Square. He's now at the Union Square. And um, which is crazy to think that he walked all the way from ninety six and Broadway to Union Square. It's quite a hike, but um uh, she he basically is walking, and here comes a <laughs> yes. the punks on roller skates, which and, and I mean I get the coolness behind it. I mean he gets he's getting tailed by what seems like to be the leader of the punks, and he has one of those four by you know the four roller blade skates the the, the actual shoes, not the inline skates. Yeah, I think that's most so of very hip for the Saturdays time. Too. but. Yeah, to be honest, unless, yeah, I think I think you're right too. But um, it's just very strange that this punk leader is like, yeah, my thing with, and you know, the Warriors got the vest and the riffs, man, they're the leaders. But what, what are the some punks? Overalls. At? What do we got? Oh, I know, I got some overalls, and we'll make sure our leaders <laughs> always wear roller skates.
0: <laughs> yeah, they just kind of look like, I mean, <laughs> uh, grown up, like toddler i don't know they they they're wearing the exact yeah seriously Top,
1: they went they the, <laughs> they went to the foundable not the opposite of the found the youth the found of old people and that came out as like 25 year well, old just imagine if like, I mean, they wear
0: the same thing that like uh like chucky wears in the like child play and chucky movies which is like, yeah, like a, a long sleeve sort of like sweater thing and then overalls over it. Like it's, it's literally based on a, uh, a doll called like the my buddy doll or whatever that came out in the seventies. So, I mean, it just, uh, it doesn't really look like a, like a hard gang when it's just a guy on roller skates wearing overalls, but Maybe they're uh maybe they like to lull the other gang to, right. you, you know, a sense of uh you know, look at these guys, and then they just beat the shit out of them. Who knows? <laughs> they would like have fun. They, look like they have a good time. <laughs> so, anyways, um,
1: yeah, you're uh, right. At, uh, yeah. yeah,
0: so Swan, he's mm-hmm. he's being tailed by uh the punks, uh Mercy. She meets up with Swan again after he after he ditched her. And she says, "Hey, uh, you know, look over there. The uh, the punks, like, you know, they they've been following you this whole way." And he says, "Yeah, you know, like I I know they've been tailing me, but now they know that I know that they've been tailing me." Um, it was cool, yeah. which I thought was a very cool like line, like more perceptive, like, think thinking cool steps line. ahead.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think the whole point of that was to be like he. And it's, it comes after, it's luckily, the remaining uh, gangs, Vermin, and we didn't mention this, sorry, guys, but um, Vermin, Coach Ice, and uh, Rembrandt meet up with now it's just Snow and Cowboy because remember Ajax gets arrested and Swan went ahead. So there's now uh, five members all together, and we see them all walk down the stairs and meet up now with Swan who it's almost like uh, that was kind of like Swan's plan all along. He wanted these guys to follow and tail him until hopefully he can come right. to the rest of the guys because, you know, there's no way he can take backup. on a whole gang by himself. But uh, the next – yeah, exactly. He was looking for some backup. And it's a cool scene but also a very uh, unique scene that comes next because he gives, he gives like, the eyeballs to the rest of the guys. They, they need to go to the men's that's to the left of the screen essentially that off screen there's a men's bathroom that he tells all the boys to go to and shortly after swan and mercy fall behind them and uh uh basically it's just a bra bathroom men's bathroom brawl but the way they go about doing it is that they the punks enter the bathroom and the, no one's there based off of what they see until the camera points at the stalls, and luckily enough, there <laughs> were six stalls there, so it was just like a uh, like we're hiding in the stalls, yeah, nobody see if we, we all can't puns. get the jump <laughs> on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was very much like, um, I guess what the whole point was like narrowing the fight, you know, instead of having like because the punks were outnumbering the uh, the warriors here, we're talking like mm-hmm. six fighters to like. 12 so there's like two, two to everyone almost and uh i think at least in my opinion it's the fact that like you have to force a 1v1 fight with the guy if they're in the stall so it's an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to like gain back the numbers or something like that very very like thought out war plans here very fought out battle strategy in my opinion in terms of how what like they're Train of, or at least I guess this is Swan acting yeah, war chiefs, you know.
0: Just uh, had given them some, you know, uh, <laughs> run these plays before. Hey, here's some good points. If you ever <laughs> we're gonna fight? practice, go in the one. stall, okay, guys, three on three, <laughs> scrimmage <laughs>
1: <laughs> basically. That's where we're at, but um, yeah, hooray for the Warriors once again, they defeat the punks um even as they were outnumbered and uh they make it on to the next train station from union square and then now they're oh, heading out of the to city mention, to Tony um, island
0: yeah i mean the you know the punks oh sorry what much to talk about you know it's kind of a prolonged fight it keeps on going on but um uh one i guess uh mercy kind of shows that she can hang during that fight um yeah, or you know, at least like you know, kind of proves herself. She, she, she got like a, she, pulled, yeah. some hair, and she then, pulled some hair, she uh, pulled some hair, bits Also uh, So Swan gets a switchblade from that fight.
1: Uh, yes. So right. yeah, that is that is important for later on. But uh, uh, yeah, this this is the part that Matt was mentioning earlier that he wanted to talk about because of the juxtaposing scenes. Because now we have warriors here missing few members been running all night. Most of them are badly beaten up and, but uh, the train on its way out of Manhattan stops and these, just two couples walk in there. And it honestly looks like they came from like a prom or a wedding or something like that. And they're obviously uh, having a good time, probably a little intoxicated because they're, they're just chatting up a storm going to recognize the warriors are in there and they're just coming in, sitting across from them and, uh, their lovey-dovey state to show now here are the two sides of new york essentially <laughs> and I, a little funny tidbit is i love when they do these things where they have like um the couple's coming in they're having such a good time and stuff like that and they're the they're, whole point is to show that they're not you know a, being a parent of what's around them but if you pay close enough attention so when they're clo- closing up on their faces they're talking over each other the entire time but like the girls like they're facing each other the girl and the guys are like talking they're having a good time but both <laughs> of them are talking at the exact same time so it's just like <laughs> blah 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 like blah, the actors blah, were just told cool to blah. say something <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like basically just like okay you guys Here's a shot. You're gonna get in there. You're not gonna notice the warriors until you look across and you see Mercy looking all dirty with her dirty feet and you know they're sweating and stuff like that. But just yeah. like pretend you're having a conversation. <laughs> they're all just like I just really
0: like this talk, scene. Talk, I mean, there's talk, talk, not too talk. much to talk about it, but you know, for for what this movie had been up to this point, we hadn't really seen any just, I guess, like normal people. So, you know, I wasn't even sure, like, in this world, if, if, like, there were supposed to be any normal people in New York or if everybody was a part of a gang.
1: Yeah, other than the ones that they... Right, right. I totally agree with you. Other than the yeah, ones that true. they ran past, yeah. you know, during the chase scenes. They ran past a couple people during chase scenes, but nothing you can hardly even get a, a face or a, an image of them because all you're paying attention to is just the warriors running around. This is the first time that we actually see, like this is what the uh the rich status of new york yes yes, these two
0: couples that that are just very nicely like they just come from like prom or something they you know they they don't really want to make eye contact with uh swan or mercy who's you know sitting across from them on the the subway the train um you know they, they basically just like are like averting their gaze but uh you know, Mercy's looking at them and, and smile. I think I like, <laughs> I just get in my head that maybe she's thinking like, you know, like, Oh, like me and Swan could maybe like have this life or something like that because.
1: No, I think what it is is that she's, she's, uh, she's well, yeah, she, has, inse- she, she starts to, feeling insecure uh, kind
0: of like straighten up her hair. Um, and then Swan uh, grabs her arm and lowers it down, um, just being like, you know, I—it's all unspoken, but you know, his his actions are basically like mm-hmm. you don't have anything to prove to them, sort of a thing. So I I just thought it was like a, exactly know, scene because although we've had you know basically in this movie so far has just been chases and fight scenes, um, so this was uh, something different, um, but. Uh, we do, we do get finally to Coney Island. Uh, there's kind of a fun line here where I think it's Swan says we ran all night to get back to this or something because <laughs> Coney Island, uh what they're showing of it is, is not very beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's finally morning now, which is crazy because this movie takes place all night. So it's basically it's the crack of dawn and yeah. I mean, if you look at Coney Island, it's just a bunch of like warped wood from the sea breeze. It's all these like buildings that have taken damage from like the salt water and the chain, the paint's chipping off from what it once was. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, I can't believe we just like risked our lives and we're trying so hard to get back to this place that looks Um, like a dump.
0: And, uh, so yes, they warriors think they're home free. Um, but, uh, that's not the case because the rogues uh, you know, you know that we're going to have one last uh, confrontation between the rogues and the warriors, the rogues, they either kind of deduced or, you know, it somehow knew that they were going to uh, go back to Coney Island. So that's where they drove the hearse uh, that they all drive in. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, so the warriors, I think notice the hearse, and duck under a pier um and uh anyways Mm -hmm. they this is kind of the first time that we see them improvise weapons unless i'm mistaken like you know some of them are pulling down like you know right um, yeah rebar and like rebar like maybe like fire protection piping from underneath the pier, which actually I'm not sure why a pier would have fire protection piping, but whatever. doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. yes, they're like, they're improvising weapons and uh, just getting what they can. And uh, man, here is some of the, the best uh, Luther content that we get because you just hear these, like the sound of bottles clinking on each other here. And honestly, I had to pause the movie and be like, is that in the movie or is that like outside? Like, you know, like is is recycling being picked up? Uh, And uh, (laughs) so I turned it it back on when I didn't hear anything outside. And uh, it's we zoom into the car and Luther has three bottles, you know, like one, one on three fingers um, or three each on one finger. And he's doing this like rhythmic tapping of these glass bottles. And uh, <laughs> I'm not going to try and do exactly what he does, but I mean, you've heard this line. If you have heard about the warriors and it's warriors come out to play and he, he does it, but he just like, he, he gets more discordant every time that he does it. And it's just, it's terrifying, man. This is a person who has lost their mind.
1: Pretty much. He is, he is, yeah, he's pretty much just on off the deep end. Uh, yeah, and it's um fun fact here. David Patrick Kelly had a bully growing up. And so Luther's character, he's, this is actually improvisation here because he was just using the same pickup pick line that that bully was do, doing on him, which was basically oh, probably, nice. like, so David, come out place. and play. You know? Yeah, so that's where the improvisation did. Now I don't know if necessarily the bottles were a uh, scary means I mean I think the 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 scariness was the the one-liner at the end of the day and yes, the breaking yeah. of the silence that's what really scared you know was the scary part but swan swan wasn't phased even a little bit like he does a, he does something funny here which makes sense later on in the film but he drives them out into the beach so basically wants to get them on i guess you know their territory you know no matter what it's their territory and in the switchblade that he took off the punks he flicks it open so the, the blades out and then he like holsters uh-huh. it into one of his back belt loops of his pants and when I thought about that when I first saw it, I was like, Who <laughs> holds a knife like that? No one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like who I was like, yeah, exactly. Cause like what if that belt loop just like gets cut by the knife and then? They, yeah, they much the, the switchblade is just to have it bolstered
0: until you actually need it, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's that's what happens here. So both games, game gangs come out to the uh, beach and basically it's this, it's this one-on-one, you know, mono a mono grouping, but it's Swan who makes the first approach is, you know, why'd you do it? You know, why'd you kill Cyrus? And Luther just has a very, what a crazy person would say, just like, why? Cause I wanted to, like, how I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to kill him. And uh, now, and so Swan tries to keep the rest of the game being a good war chief out of it. You know, let's let's fight 1v1. And he says no, and Luther denies that, saying, you know, all of you are come to die. Unfortunately, Luther seems to be the only one with a gun in the entire yeah. movie, <laughs> other than the Two Lizzie's that own a pistol. Even uh, the cops don't have guns, they just
0: have like Billy clubs. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Night? Yeah, they have Billy Club nightsticks. I'm like what, sure. what kind of New York are you guys running right now? But uh, this scene is a little, little '80s for me. It's a little <laughs> hard ticket to God. Hawaii, in my opinion, with the, fr- with the, fris- with the frisbee. But um, Luther takes a shot at Swan, but Swan manages to dip dodge right at the last second. Takes the um, back holstered switchblade that he had and throws it at Luther, who uh, he Basically, stabs him in the forearm and disarms yeah, him. With the I see what you're so, saying with the whole uh,
0: Hawaii thing. I mean, that was a little far fetched.
1: Yeah, you see the comparison a little bit. Yeah, Uh, didn't know you can outdance a bullet there, Uh, Swan. But good job also, with your switchblade throwing knife, Swan. So, all. like, wouldn't one of them thought too? Like, did Rambrandt like, not get shot directly behind him? Thank yeah. you. I thought that exact same thing. <laughs> But um hey, that happened and all while this is happening, the riff actually finally come into here cause um earlier on we understand that Fox knew what happened, but Fox being dead didn't get to share any of this information with the team or with the Rifts or whatever like that. But Luther wasn't as clever as he was with his assassination attempt because there were other people that saw him as well. So someone came and fessed up to the Rifts that it was actually the rogues mm-hmm. that did the shooting, not the warriors. So right, it's almost pretty much immediately after um luther gets disarmed the riffs show up and the riffs are now like carrying 50 strong like and i think again just to go with the fact that they didn't they really did not want to use guns in this in this movie for the most part these guys are carrying nunchucks hockey sticks two by four we saw the chain guy there's a couple guys holding the, <laughs> well, chain, the chain you know it's like every, every yeah, it was every like kid's or dad's like sh- um, tool shed or garage. These guys are rated <laughs> for all. The
0: yes. It's, it's everything that you can use. That looks like it may hurt a man.
1: Exactly. And um, it's basically it's the riffs kind of just like say, Hey, we know it was Luther, you know, they basically, they acknowledge their, courage for surviving the night and their skill because they also apprehended the killers as they do it um so they uh the main uh, leader of the rifts again <laughs> don't remember his name but basically uh, just, okay, uh,
0: yes i i, I remember what? the uh leader of the riffs his name is dj and i remember it because i was looking for this quote for just now but yes you were going to say that basically he he lets the warriors off saying you know hey get out of your warriors but the exact (laughs) thing that he says is oh no no never mind okay i'm wrong this is the dj that is the narrator oh man (laughs) i thought i found it because he was like you're good warriors (laughs) real good or something like that doesn't he say oh man i thought i found a quote too
1: yeah yeah exactly he says and then that's when then swan oh, yeah, goes we're the best with <laughs> the best yeah he's the best and so basically the whole point of it is is that the the leaders show he, he with the wave of his arm he moves the mass of riff cronies to make like a pathway into the beach into the sunlight so that's kind of like the scene right now being cut. If we're gonna compare it back to the Odyssey in which you know now you uh Odysseus is like uh, heading home now. Like he sees home in sight. And so the warriors walk into the sunset while um basically the rifts completely surround the rogues and all you hear really is just Luther <laughs> let out a, a scream as they yeah, I'm sure the just okay, killed I, hey, the shit out you know. of them.
0: It's uh okay so first off the leader of the rifts is Masai I guess. Messiah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and Messiah
1: or AI. Messiah.
0: And, uh, so, say. yes. Basically, we already had it. But Swan says, <laughs> you still looking for us? And then Messiah looks at Luther. We found what we're looking for. Luther cowering. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't us. It was them. It was the Warriors. <laughs> and then Messiah says, you Warriors are good. Real good. Yeah. And then you're right. Swad says the best <laughs> and says the rest is ours. <laughs> oh man. It's so cool. It's, it was a cool way to yeah. in a movie, especially because you're right. Like Luther, he just, he goes back into like, just not being cool. It just goes like, no, like as he's getting beat to death. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. He was cool. Maybe for like an instant in the beginning. And when he was robbing that bodega, but more and more as the movie progressed on, he became like a less cooler <laughs> he have character. One other cool
0: line. And, uh, but Luther does. And it's, it's when um, the first time in the confrontation on the beach and Swan says, why do you kill uh, uh, Cyrus? <laughs> and Luther says, No reason. I just like mm-hmm. doing things like that. <laughs> it's like, doing things like what? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, <that's>... I like, <laughs> I like the, the murdering. I <laughs> like the <organizations>. Yeah, break... <laughs> Of organizations and causing anarchy. He's definitely the Joker in terms yeah, of a good, types that's of a good, antagonists. An uh, analogy. So, yeah chaotic evil it's just chaotic evil I think is what we're really boiling it down to here it's no is no sense no uh, no yeah, sense so I agree
0: with that um, so yes uh, you know now the warriors are off the hook uh, the robes are getting their comeuppance probably dying and uh, the last thing that we get <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, the radio DJ who's made a couple appearances throughout the movie but they say, mm-hmm. hey, the big alert's been called off, and then puts out a uh, song that uh, is saluting the Warriors, and uh, that's, that,
1: that's- <laughs> I love how she's also like, she's just like, by the way, for that group out there, sorry. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, bad. sorry. <laughs> I know that we probably got a couple of y'all killed, but uh, that song is what plays over the end credits as the Warriors just walk down the beach, and I guess uh, maybe happily ever after. I mean, you know, they're down uh, two members and have to bail another one out of prison probably. (laughs)
1: It's a little bit, it's a little again, it just really, it's the Odyssey is playing so much in this film. It's just like, you knew that warriors, you know, people died, soldiers died, a part of the army or whatever like that. The warriors fell apart. It plays to the beginning of this film where it's talking about, um, there's a little, that thirty-second segment right before we get to the credits that talks about that little page of the Greek army sur- that's surrounded by the Persians mm-hmm. and they're a hundred miles from the sea. That's what really is played on here. So uh, maybe not the Odyssey per se, but it's that uh, fable, um, mytholot, you know, old Greek war story about the Greek army being surrounded in, in the Persian army and, and like behind enemy lines. Yeah,
0: absolutely, kind of I agree with that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, I thought this film was good. I give it good remarks in terms of the um, cinematography. I love the transitioning scenes that they use for the uh, with the comic book pages. It also, very much a head um, a kudos to the artists who drew the comic books for these scenes because they really nailed down the features of the characters' faces, whether it was Luther or Swan or whatnot. It would show, like, the Luther's face as a comic book page, and then it will just fade right into the actual scene. And, I mean, they were very... Uh, spot on. Yeah,
0: no, I thought a lot of the, you know, surroundings of the movie, whether it be, yeah, like you're saying, the transitions, or like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, the comic and the, the world design. It was great. I mean, you know, it it really transported you and made the movie, I think, feel a lot bigger and more expensive than it actually was because $4 is actually mm-hmm. a pretty tight budget these days, but even back in 1979, I mean, you know, you're kind of working with what you can work with.
1: Yeah, it's not the yeah. Godfather. You know, it's not the budget of the Godfather or anything like that. He is working what he's working with. And that, again, it's like we were mentioning in the last episode with Leon the Professional, who Luke Basson did, also didn't have a very large budget, but New York City provides a ton. And most of the money was probably going towards paying the extras and paying for the props, I think, for the most part, because the scenes were either shot in the city, on the trains, they were shot in Central Park, I'm sure, for all the park scenes. Um, and then you just had to go down to Coney Island and then you go onto the beach and there's your there's your shots. So
0: that's a good point. Yeah, I'm sure that's that, yeah, a weird. lot just being able to shoot on location.
1: Exactly. And I you mean you know that's you know you know that's how to that's how you have to do New York. You know if you're gonna make a movie in New York, you're shooting it there as it's happening. Like maybe Maybe if it's like a chase scene, you'll close off a street or something like that. You don't have the police cut off the street, but at the end of the day, nothing seems more, more. Uh, what's the word for it? it? Paints a scenario, I guess, than uh, like walking down a New York mm-hmm. street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I also thought they did a great job with casting. Uh, there wasn't really a character that I didn't like. Like I didn't think he was doing bad acting job or anything like that. Um, so f- kudos for um, our director here, Walter Hill to put together a vote f- from what I thought was a pretty decent cast. But um, for my critiques going into this film were the two that we mentioned. The fact that Fox never took a, a breath to explain to the rest of his crew what he saw, which was pinnacle information. And then also just mercy's real uh, character development or lack of or what have you. I think mercy would have done just a great job being that orphans leaders girlfriend that incited the anger with the orphans in order to get like the first fight between the gangs. I, I don't think there should have been any uh, of her joining the warriors and like going back to Coney Island, but that, that just seems dumb <laughs> in yeah. my opinion it unwarranted, get it either. unwarranted
0: maybe they just wanted you know a, a, a female character in the movie for the rest of the movie or something that's all that really comes to my mind or give swan a love interest I'm right sure.
1: what was our, what was that Arnold schwarzenegger movie that we just recently oh, did man. um the running man exactly where did they, where did that girl yeah, that was come even into more very much
0: yeah movie?
1: and. <laughs> even worse for that movie is that they kiss at the end and it becomes like a love scene you know at least swan was doing what he was doing which was like identifying this girl for being like a tramp a bit and also just like not getting enthralled with her you know uh you know flirting flirting antics.
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, so, the running man, that might be the most out of place that I've ever seen a uh, a love story try and get wedged into. Um <laughs>
1: mm, uh, we, we did the hard ticket to Hawaii <laughs> and there was a lot of nonsense in there. So uh, let's get up, let's get off the
0: l- Everybody watch that. Watch that right now.
1: <laughs> hey, it's not only, hey, it's not paradise all the time in
0: Hawaii, guys. <laughs> oh man! But uh, if you do want paradise what do all think? the time, we have a ton of back episodes. You, you like that? Was that a good segue?
1: No, no, I, <laughs> I like it. I like it. But after that segue, I do want to hear what you thought. Yeah. So, the- um, I. I did like it, uh,
0: you know, obviously it's, with it being a cold classic, sometimes you don't know what to go in and expect, you know, you, you hear things and sometimes people can hype it up more than, you know, it might actually deserve to be. I don't think that was the case with this movie. I think this movie was great. Um, you know, I really, uh, you're, you're right. A lot of the actors uh, were great within their roles. Nobody took me out of the movie, Um And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, I guess, world that we were in. You know, it's kind of, you couldn't tell if it's like supposed to be dystopian dystopian or what year it's supposed to be or anything. Like they don't really identify any of that. You know, it doesn't feel like our New York, but it kind of does at the same time. So it's cool. It's just like a, uh, maybe like a, you know, parallel kind of (laughs) universe or something like that. But um very I was into it, you much, know. Very much like so. I, you know, if I don't think that the movie was ever in talks for getting a sequel, and I'm glad that they didn't try to, also because I think this was a nice self-contained story.
1: Right. Um, I'm checking something right here because there was, uh, I, I forget. Uh, I feel like there was talk oh, was of a there? sequel. Okay. I'm just taking a second. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, yes, it was. It's, um, it was called, it came out in 2009. It was a comic book series, uh, called Jailbreak. It was the Warriors colon jailbreak. And, uh, I've just based off of no knowledge to that at all, but thinking of it, maybe it's to go get Ajax, uh, from jail or something like that, you know, to break him out or something like that. But, um, that that coming out and that being its own kind of entity i believe that this movie nowadays probably could be remastered or maybe remade to be uh, i mean i enjoyed it there was a lot of things about it from the costume design to the the, the plot and all together i think it's it, it holds true to be a solid remake of the film um, but yeah just small i think there would be a lot of um changes that could be uh beneficial to uh making it better just because of what we have available now to also just like taking what this what um Walter Hill did here and just uh enhancing. I'm gonna use the word enhancing instead yeah, of change.
0: I, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would definitely put the movie out in front of a lot more eyes because (laughs) I mean, I, I I don't know how many people are going to go back and rediscover this film uh, without, you know, being prompted to, like, I don't know that I ever would have actually gotten around to watching it if it weren't for this podcast where our goal is to watch things that we haven't watched before. Um, But yeah, I mean, so that might be a reason for a remake or a, you know, remastering, whatever you you'd, have it but yeah i mean i i always kind of hate advocating for a remake when there's nothing about this True. movie that really seems like dated in my mind um i don't know yeah
1: yeah no i agree i agree that's maybe that's a little bit of the uh like the movie industry bug in me wanting to be like oh we can make some more money <laughs> off of this I, 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 I gotta remake
0: everything <laughs> under but
1: bleep <laughs> Yeah, literally bleed it dry for everything that's worth because God, Hollywood just loves doing that to renowned films. But um, you know, hey, that's just, that's just me thinking. I, I mean, who knows? I, there's plenty of films that I mean, I'm a firm believer that movies nowadays are just readaptations of stories told in the past. You know, they just you know, one's wearing a hat, one's wearing a monocle, and you call mm-hmm. it something different or whatever like that. But. Uh, Maybe to create something different but similar the same way. Um, it movies like um, here, the Warriors. It's it's kind of in its own realm a little bit, you know. It's it's based off of what we told, like the Odyssey. We felt, we felt like we can compare it to things like Mad Max, but uh, at the end of the day, I do feel like this movies uh, this movie's plot is kind of one of its own.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, you know, I'm sure that there's movies like it like what we said
1: the gangs and the gangs of new york right yeah you know
0: big big fights between factions but yeah i mean this this movie is in its own plot i I don't know that you can compare it you know one for one with another movie i mean yeah it takes other things like you know (laughs) how many stories have been told about you know a, a group of people that are away from their home that they need to get home it's like it's like every <laughs> that, you know like planes trains and seriously yeah with <laughs> steve martin but uh <laughs> yeah no i you know go out go out and see this movie if you haven't seen it before i i highly recommend it um you know you're not going to regret it and like you said it's it's an hour and a half and it doesn't feel like it drags on at all so it's a uh it's a nice watch. no it
1: doesn't short and yeah, clean but- agreed agreed uh, definitely a great sunday afternoon film uh that being said you know if any of you guys enjoyed the comments we made or enjoyed uh, tuning in here maybe it's your first time or whatnot feel free to uh, uh give us a shout on our instagram or twitter page we're more than happy to hear from you guys uh what 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 are our tags again what are what are you yeah, so
0: instagram is at that movie was and on twitter we are at underscore that movie was
1: yes please please give us a follow uh feel free to give suggestions i mean me and matt are always open for new films or maybe old ones that may not come across our path so uh, if you have any good ones out there, feel free to give us a shout and let us yeah, know about absolutely.
0: it. All right. Well, that's been our episode on the Warriors. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe. Check out some of our past episodes. Like Michael said, we do have those two social media plays, er, pages. So please give us a suggestion on other movies that we should watch or what you liked about uh, one of our past episodes. Um, but yeah, until next time, boppers keep on bopping.
1: And if you ever are a gang that gets uh you know misconstrued as a killer of a later, hey, we're my bad, man. It's my bad. Just keep (laughs) popping. We'll play a song for you on the way out.
0: All right. (laughs) Till next time, Michael.